everyone, I'm Rosanna and this is AFL Obsessed. Welcome to season three of the pod, guys. I can't believe we're here already. October 2019, in some ways, doesn't feel that far away, but in other ways, it feels like a lifetime ago. But beyond that, I am so excited to welcome a very special guest to the podcast, someone who I'm such a big fan of and who truly has a unique perspective through his lens. His emotion, moments, and action photography really capture everything from the quietly powerful to defining moments of the game that he shares with all of us. So I am so excited to introduce award-winning and versatile chief photographer of the AFL, Michael Wilson. Welcome, Michael. Thanks very much, Rosanna. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited to get your take on everything because what you do is just so fascinating. But how are you and how is life for you right now? Uh, Life's pretty good. Um, Yeah, I'm based in Melbourne. We're still sort of hanging under a bit of a COVID cloud, which is um, throwing a few spanners in the works as far as shoots and and kicking off the AFLW preseason pitches. But um, apart from that, yeah, still... Uh, still pretty high from the uh, the grand final experience in Perth, and yeah, a great final series and and a fantastic season as a whole for the AFL. Absolutely, and I actually was wondering, are you getting a break, or do you get a break now that both of the seasons are over, kind of before the AFLW season, as you said, picks up? Yeah, so I had a little bit of time off after the grand final, so got back from Perth um, a couple of weeks ago, and. And had a few days off after that, um, but then yeah, pretty much back into it. The the AFLW teams are back um, training now with their preseason campaign, so we've been um, out and about getting a few training pictures and that kind of stuff, and and yeah, putting the wheels in motion for their team photo days, which uh, which actually kicked off last week um, with the Brisbane Lions uh, up in Queensland, um, and then yeah, we've got uh, the rest of the teams to follow before uh, the end of the year. Oh, that's so exciting. I actually enjoy looking at all of those photos, honestly, and every single team. I feel like your collective body of work is just like essential to our enjoyment and reliving the best moments from the games. I know there's like countless times that I've looked at photos from my favorite games that you've shot. Do you, in a sense, I guess, kind of barrack for every single team in a way? Do you have a team that you barrack for? Uh, yeah, I, I am a Collingwood supporter, um, but working with the AFL, you kind of learn to just love every team and you want to see, you want to see, uh, the game really flourish and thrive. So, uh, even though I am a Collingwood supporter, I'm very neutral and, and I'm just, uh, invested in each match that I'm, I'm covering really from a, from a non-biased point of view. And, and the other danger is if, if you're too emotionally invested in one team and, and you're shooting that team, you're probably not going to be concentrating as, as much as you could. So, uh, yeah, I like to remain quite neutral and, and sort of emotionally detached from from any team that, that I'm shooting at the time. So, um, yeah, I guess you could say I'm just a, a footy fan. I love to see all the teams do well and, and love to see a, a healthy competition where you know, each team has its its moment in the sun, I guess. I love that. I'm actually really interested in learning your day-to-day, I guess. I mean, you obviously can't be at every single game. I mean, do you kind of have to, like, pick and choose your schedule? Is it determined for you? 
Um, yeah, I, I pretty much dictate what uh, what our roster looks like. So usually it's a week-to-week proposition, especially during COVID times where we have what's known as a rolling fixture where, um, you know, given COVID and restrictions in different states, the, the fixtures were pretty much released just weekly as opposed to having a whole yearly fixture to, to deal with. So, um, yeah, usually... Uh, just at the start of a week, we'll go through the matches and, and allocate resources accordingly. Um, generally, you know, an average home and away round will we'll have a Friday night match in Melbourne um, and then, you know, Saturday and Sundays. And, and generally, I'll, I'll pick the bigger games um, where I think, you know, there's going to be better football, better pitches. So, uh, and then I work out with the rest of my um, team and, and also um, our photographic partner in Getty Images as to who's covering the other matches. So, yeah, during these times, these COVID times, I haven't been able to travel um, interstate as much as I would like to, to cover big games like the the showdown in Adelaide and, and the Q Clash and um, the Derby in WA, that kind of thing. Right. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been a little bit restrictive in that way. But, yeah, fortunately this, this season, uh, most of it was – played um in melbourne so i didn't miss too many matches um we had a couple of weeks where the season got shifted interstate but then it came back um so yeah it's really just assessing each round on its merits and and what's going to make for the best pitches doesn't sound like you have too much lead time like as you said with the rolling fixtures i know there must have been just all kinds of challenges with that too i'm curious (laughs) oh go ahead yeah it was um you know, there were, we, we had trouble um, really planning in advance. And I remember a few times this season where, you know, we were a day or two out from a match and we still hadn't had a venue or a time and consequently oh you couldn't lock in a photographer. So it, it was a real challenge from a logistical point of view for sure. I was actually just wondering if you were getting sleep <laughs> during the season because, you know, it was like all or nothing at times within Victoria as a state. And as you said, like, you know, you had the games and then they kind of went away and they came back. But I guess I'm wondering, you know, do you have favorite players to photograph? And I know this is like a wider scope, but how do you decide what to focus on during the game? Like every angle and aspect could potentially be a great story. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, the first part of it, um, I do have favourite players to photograph. Um, usually, you know, really athletic players, players that um, are highly skilled and, and are able to take a high mark, they're, they're my favourite players to photograph. I've said in the past, um, Eastern Wood from the Western Bulldogs is probably right up there, given <laughs> he's obviously, you know, a good-looking guy, just that he works the camera, he just... He just doesn't take a bad picture, whether it's, you know, in action or even a portrait. He just... He's like a Prince Charming in a way. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's kind of like Superman. He's got the Superman looks. Um, but, yeah, he's a high flyer. He's skillful. He's a leader. Um, he's got it all. But he's probably um, not far from being um, overtaken by his teammate in Bailey Smith, who's, uh, you know, just as athletic. He's yes. got a very <laughs> distinctive, unique look with the mullet, the moustache. He's... Um, you know, his fitness levels are elite. Um, and he's just, yeah, he's a very uh, likable player. He's a great player. I think he's, you know, he's highly skilled. He's courageous. He's got a lot going for him. Um, so, yeah, there, there's that aspect. But second part of your question there, during a match, you, you kind of are looking for moments, but they just happen organically. So it's just a, a matter of being ready for, for those big moments. And 
um, knowing that they could happen at any time, just given the unpredictability of AFL and you know the fact that anything can happen at any part of the ground at any time, you've just got to have real awareness. And as much as you want the photos to happen for you, you've just got to be um, ready for that moment. So you can't sort of dictate it too much. You can't, you can be prepared, but um, you know, there's also a slice of luck that comes into it as well. Um, I guess you've just got to give yourself every chance by being switched on for, for the whole whole duration of the match and um, making sure that you're giving yourself the best chance to capture every moment. I'm just in awe of everything that you just said. And actually, while you were talking about Bailey Smith, I was picturing all of the fans who would go and supporters who would wear his, you know, hair, <laughs> like a wig of that mullet. And yep. just um, so it was making me laugh. <laughs> I guess I know that you were saying like, you know, you wear, well, I know that you wear a radio during the games and what you were saying about just kind of being open to capturing those spectacular and thrilling moments. There's just this unique way that you somehow every game and every time you just almost like reach into the guts of the game and you just really showcase that. And that's something that we're all grateful for (laughs) as supporters. And we want to see, it's just so interesting that like, you know, you can consistently capture that every time. I, I mean, you must just be, I just can't even imagine like what you're going through during the game, I guess. What I am curious about are just like the misconceptions about your role or like you kind of touched on it, but the most challenging aspects of it, is it that it's demanding? Is it that it's somewhat solitary? Is it the pressure? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to it. It is demanding from a, well, from a, a match perspective, the concentration, the intense concentration for the whole match can be, you know, really fatiguing. Um, it's a physically demanding job, you know, we're out in the elements, we're carrying heavy equipment around, um, you know, the posture that we have on the sidelines, swinging around with the big lens and then, you know, uh, filing on your laptop next to you. It's, um, yeah, it's not great for your, for your body. Um I guess the pressure part of it as well is, is um, something I've learned to cope with over the years. I think, you know, there is pressure there to, to get the shots. But, you know, like I said, you're at the mercy of um, the game sometimes. There's a little bit of luck that comes into it. But, um, yeah, the, the pressure to get the shots is it's, you've got to learn to not put pressure on yourself, that you've got to just let the game unfold in front of you and make sure that you are, concentrating and giving yourself every chance to to get those shots so I think early on in my career you know I I put real pressure on myself to just kind of make things happen in front of me and then you know as you get more experience you kind of learn that um, you know you can't make things happen you can just uh, you just immerse yourself in the game and make sure that you're ready for for that moment and, and hope that from a purely photography photographic point of view that you're not obstructed by an umpire or a you know, some sort of trainer or a seagull or something. You've just <laughs> got to make sure that, um, that that you're lucky and that you're in that position to, to get those shots. Well, I just have to say that I feel like you make it look easy because <laughs> I can't even imagine. I know you have that whole luggage kit that you're kind of dragging around with you and you're working during all the breaks in the game and just having to stay sharp, I think is so difficult because as you said, rolling fixture, maybe, maybe you aren't getting the rest that you need, you know, and it almost seems to me sometimes like you're the first one to get to the stadium and sometimes the last one to leave, you know, because you're sending your shots and you're trying to like check everything out. 
Yeah. I don't want to equate what you do with a wedding, but in some ways I wonder, you know, if it is like a game because, you know, it only goes down once. There's no redo. There's moments that you can just never get back. You know, they play out once. So you get that crucial capture or you don't, but is it that much more challenging because of how quickly your subjects are moving? They're not stationary. Uh, Yeah. From a photographic point of view, it's, a very fast sport and it's a 360 degree sport so unlike um, a lot of other sports around the world like soccer or basketball gridiron even rugby you know they sort of move back and forth um, along the field so um, they kind of move in straight lines whereas AFL is played on such a huge field um, the ball can change direction at, at any time and it is difficult to follow at times so um it's it's a challenge photographically to keep up with it, the speed of it. The the game is just getting quicker and quicker each year. Um, so I guess you just yeah you adapt and you just do your best to to try and um, keep up with the game. The equipment that that I use, the Canon um, EOS gear, is you know it's lightning fast with its focus and all that kind of stuff. And I use a six hundred millimeter telephoto lens to get that that reach um, with the pictures, but. Yeah, it, it's um, it's certainly um, challenging at times, and some games are quicker than others. Like I remember the preliminary final in Perth this year, because I'd been in hotel quarantine for two weeks prior. Um, I remember just coming out fresh and shooting that match, and being blown away by how quick the game was, and and I just felt like I was just a half a second behind the play. And um, you know that that's a obviously a preliminary final is a, a quicker game, but it just goes to show. Um, how quick it can be and if you just have even a couple of weeks out of the game it's um it's pretty easy for it to pass you by you you sound like a player I feel like players (laughs) say that you know the game like kind of eclipses them like over time and just that it gets faster and I do feel that way too I do think it is so lightning fast and especially those finals like you said Mm. I can't even imagine and being open is one thing but it's the 360 game it's so dimensional that I'm just picturing you swinging your camera <laughs> back and forth yeah. or just kind of, you know, it's it just must be so insane. And as much as I would love to have that lens on the game, I don't envy what you have to do for all of us. Um, yeah. Were there any special challenges? I know you kind of touched on it, but were there any special challenges in 2021 beyond like the rolling fixture? Were there inclement weather challenges or are you having to quarantine? I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the season kind of started normally from a COVID perspective. We, I think the first few rounds we had uh, crowds and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, Anzac Day, um, there were 75,000 people at the MCG. So up until... That was so like, great. <laughs> yeah. Up until the midway point of the year, things were, were okay until uh, COVID hit again with the Delta strain taking a hold. And um, that's when the rolling fixtures came in. Uh, yeah, there were matches played um, in different states for a little while. The, the two New South Wales teams were virtually on the road for the second half of the season. So, uh, yeah, there were challenges um, for the second half of the year. I personally, yeah, had to do um, two weeks ho- hotel quarantine in Perth um, to allow myself to shoot the preliminary finals and grand finals. So uh, there was a, a group of AFL staff that went over at the start of the finals um, yeah, and did the hotel quarantine and, and then got out uh, the weekend of the preliminary final. So 
Um, that was a challenge, two weeks hotel quarantine. I, I know a lot of people have done it, but it was the first time that I did it. And um, yeah, it was it tough. It doesn't being sound away. fun. <laughs> no, it was, it was tough being away from uh, my wife and my son, who's only 15 months old. So oh um, everyone sort of, you know, had their own challenges with it. A lot of other AFL staff had young families they, they had to leave behind and um, everyone, yeah, had their own um journey to get through those two weeks so uh but you know we're in a really fortunate position that we we're able to get into western australia and and able to to do that that quarantine to enable us to do our jobs um so yeah i think that was probably the biggest challenge of the year was just overcoming the, the COVID hurdles and then just doing that quarantine and and then yeah we were able to get out for prelim and grand final and do our jobs and and finish out the year i, I feel like the rest is just history or i don't want to say happily ever after but yeah, I so appreciate that the sport was able to just get through the entire season. Nothing was abbreviated because yeah. I just kept yeah. feeling the walls were closing in at one point. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the state borders literally were too. So I yeah. just kept feeling like it could honestly drop at any moment or it could it could just stop at any point. Yeah, there were some times where it was just, you know, hanging by a thread. There were times when there were teams in the air and literally airplanes being turned around um i can't imagine you know everyone at the afl especially you know the executive team and the broadcast team and the um the the footy departments everyone um did such an amazing job to to get the season done but the logistical challenges um the exec team and and others had to had to navigate were just extraordinary and um you know, I take my hat off to everyone at the AFL that did their job to get the season underway. I agree. I just applaud everybody, and mm. you included. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I guess, well, a little bit of a rewind, like in extension, how was 2020? Because I know that I mean, we all went through the challenges. You know, the season actually was stopped completely and at a halt for, yeah. you know, a while. And then we went back in and we kind of went a little longer than we thought. I mean, how was that whole experience for you? Yeah, 2020 was had different challenges. So as you touched on, uh, the season was paused after round one. And a lot of AFL staff, including myself, were stood down from their roles, which was really you know really challenging um oh my gosh i didn't realize that for you yeah 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 so nearly um i think it was close to 75 80 percent of afl staff were stood down once once the season paused so yeah that was um that was tough it was a really challenging time um you know there was a lot of uncertainty as to when the season would resume um when our jobs would resume if our jobs were safe um yeah, fortunately, I think maybe six weeks later, uh, the season kicked off again. And, and yeah, luckily enough, um, yeah, a lot of staff were reinstated, including my st- myself. So um, we were able to, yeah, kick things off again. Um, but COVID took a hold again. Um, the season all shifted up to Queensland, I think. I can't exactly remember when, maybe like around 12 or 13 or something like that. And then, yeah, once, once the season moved up to Queensland again, I was stood down for a few weeks um yeah after that and then fortunately enough myself along with a lot of AFL staff and clubs club staff and players um all moved up to Queensland into the hub up there to um to be in a position to shoot the finals and and grand final which ended up being at the Gabba so yeah I, I consider myself lucky in that you know I was there at the end um 
with a job and being able to be in a position to shoot the finals and grand final up in Queensland. But yeah, being stood down twice during the year was was really challenging and and a worrying time. And um, yeah, my son had just been born, so you know from a from a uh, family parental point of view, perspective, yeah, yeah, it was it was really hard um, not having that um, that financial security as well of of a paycheck. You know, we had the JobKeeper allowance coming in, but um, just the uncertainty of not knowing what the future held was was really worrying. And you know, it wasn't just myself; it was pretty much all of Australia and you know parts of the world as well that were being crippled by COVID. So um, yeah, it had its had its different challenges twenty twenty. But um, at the end of the day, we uh, we got through the season. It finished a little later than it was planned, but um, we had a great grand final up at the Gabba, Geelong, and Richmond, and um, Richmond eventually were premiers and, and worthy premiers at that to, to navigate all the challenges. So, yeah, it was a different year, but um, we got through it. Wow. I honestly, until you said that, I didn't realize, you know, how far reaching just what happened with the pandemic kind of affected nearly every like industry and business. Yeah. But I didn't even realize that it also extended to your part yeah. of. So, yeah, that I can't even imagine. I mean, it was a scary time for sure. I'm really appreciative that, again, it also rolled forward because those were the only sports in the world, I think, going on for a time, including over yeah. here. We were getting the programming, too, on our TVs. And so it was kind of keeping everyone going um, in a sense. but. Yeah, I mean, that was part of it as well. Um, the fact that you kind of felt um, almost obliged to chip in and, and do your job as well as you could because you realised that so many people were just looking forward to, to the AFL each weekend um, and how much joy it was giving people that the season was still continuing. So um, you, felt, you felt a real sense of, of pride in doing your job in, in being able to to give this joy to people who are doing it so tough, even if it, you know, it doesn't sound like much of a, a sporting event at a weekend to look forward to. But um, during, yeah, during the pandemic, people were just clinging on to anything to, to get them through the week. And football was one of those outlets. So, um, yeah, really privileged to be, to be able to deliver photos from a match that, you know, in, in some way gave people um, some sort of joy during some pretty bleak times. Yeah, and like physical things to kind of hold on to, too, you know, um, kind of shifting gears a little bit. I'm not sure if everyone knows since you've been with the AFL for such a long time. And maybe I don't know if you ever pinch yourself like, wow, this is my life. Your background is actually in graphic design. So you do have that creative eye. Could you tell us a little about your career trajectory to get to this point? Yep. Yeah. So as you mentioned, I, I was a graphic designer. Um I did a graphic design degree after I finished high school. Um, photography was one of our core subjects, so I did always have that photographic background and knowledge. But yeah, more or less fell into being a graphic designer once I graduated from university. So yeah, I, I worked as a graphic designer around different studios in Melbourne, and actually worked overseas in Dublin for a couple of years as well. Um, so I always had that creative background and, and you know, photography and design are, are really closely related. So I think, um, yeah, it held me in good stead for, for when I did transition into photography, having that design background, just, you know, having that, that feel for colours and composition um, and space and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I know quite a lot of photographers that, that have a design background and, and vice versa. Um, so. Yeah, I guess I, I kind of came to a point in my design career where 
I was keen for another challenge and photography was something that was always in the back of my mind, something that I thought I could succeed in and always had a a real passion for. So yeah, it was literally a a case of, um, I think it was like 2004 or or around that time where I just bit the bullet and and bought a whole heap of um, photo gear and just started shooting um, you know, amateur football matches, country football matches to learn the skills and, and build up a folio. And um, it kind of just flourished from there. I, I got to meet other photographers. Um, you know, you, you meet other photographers, you network, you get feedback on your images, you, you learn new skills. And after a, a year or two, I, yeah, I guess I had a folio that, that was looking pretty good. Um, I'd made some contacts at Getty Images and, and started doing some freelance shifts with them and, uh, yeah, managed to meet some people at the Essendon Football Club and and um, in 2005 they offered me their photographer's pass for the season, which was my big break, I guess. It, it allowed me to, to shoot the game at an elite level but also, you know, meet um, others in the industry and, and really sort of start to, to network and, and make a name for yourself. So, once that um, that kicked off, I yeah kind of transitioned into photography. I, I started doing less design, and then eventually in two thousand and seven, I was offered a full time job at uh, AFL Photos. So once I went full time there, I, I quit design effectively, and um, have been yeah an AFL photographer ever since then. That's so exciting! I didn't realize that you had that photography base to build on beyond just your passion from studying it and. I think it's really exciting that your work took you to Dublin, but I really want to know more about that. But I mean, because they also play kind of a version of Gaelic football over there. So I don't know if there was any of that shooting going on while you were there, but yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah. (laughs) Dublin was, was, it was purely graphic design work in in Dublin. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I maybe did a couple of photo shoots here and there, but it was, yeah, it was all just design work mostly, but you're right. They, they do have a, um, Gaelic football is very similar to, to AFL and uh, there is the international rules. I'm not sure, not sure if you know about the international yeah. rules. It hasn't been played for a few years, um, mainly because of COVID. But, yeah, there's a hybrid game um, that Ireland and Australia participate in um, every few years, which, yeah, it's always fun. I haven't actually oh, – I have shot shot one series, I think, back in 08 or 09. Um, yeah, hopefully that gets back up off the ground yeah. once once we get past this pandemic, but um, yeah, great place, Ireland. I hope that also picks up. I've actually never been to Ireland, but it is on the bucket list of places I want to (laughs) go. That's so exciting though, just to kind of see like your transition from there and then to kind of we're shooting like the BFL and then AFL. So I guess to fast forward, I mean, what was your reaction to think that one of your captures is now immortalized in a statue, (laughs) the iconic photo that went around the world of Taylor Harris and also won the Gold Quill Award? Yeah. um, Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, that's, um, I guess... It's really humbling to, to have an image immortalised in bronze. Um, never, ever would have thought that would, would happen to me. Um, yeah, that whole image and the story behind it seems like a long time ago now, but uh, it was a crazy time. It just, um, I guess it showed the power of social media, that the positive and negative aspects of it. But, um, yeah, when I first took that image, I just thought it was just a, a sensational action photo of, of an elite female athlete doing what she does best um 
absolutely anything more of it yeah and then um it just took on a whole a whole different perspective when um you know these online warriors these keyboard uh warriors the online trolls that um decided to uh to really um, lay into the picture and ruin the message that it was trying to send. And, um, yeah, that really disappointed me. But by the same token, I was I was overwhelmed with the support that um, the majority of, of the public showed towards the image and, and the line in the sand it drew against online bullying and just saying enough is enough. Um, you know, this, this image should be celebrated for what it is, just a spectacular athlete. Um, in full flight rather than um, being denigrated by faceless um, wimps, really. Um, So at the end of the day, I still like to think of it as just a great action picture, even though it does stand for so much more now. Um, But, yeah, it's it's just really humbling to to have my name associated with an image that that stands for so much and the fact that it is is now a statue is is great as well. And, um, yeah, it's just uh, overwhelming to think that an image could have such an impact. I'm with you on what it represented and just kind of what you were capturing. And I thought it was a beautiful action shot myself. And it's something that still stands out in my mind. And I know that everyone thinks of that too. When you think of like Taylor, when I'm thinking of the AFLW, I was incredibly disappointed with the direction that it kind of took and had this whole new life, I guess, on social media that I was absolutely not expecting. And I know it was like on CNN over here. It made like all the headlines in the States. It was all over ESPN. The discussion came from not a perspective, I guess I was expecting. Um, and it was yeah. just like a, like I was celebrating such an amazing capture and shot. And it was just so surprising to me, I guess, because that, you know, it just kind of went like a little bit awry. But um, at the end of the day, I still think it's amazing. I'm glad that it will be in statue forever. And I kind of am just hoping that everyone sees it that way, you know, because that's really what that is. I think, yeah, the the positive thing to come out of it was um, the fact that, that it went viral and everyone, the majority of people were celebrating the image for what it was, probably really pissed the trolls off even more so you know they, they wanted to bring the image down um these trolls so the fact that it was celebrated and reposted um you know in support of taylor and and as an overwhelming support for women in sport it's yes. uh you know that would have um hurt the keyboard warriors even more so that was the fact that they highlighted it the um the trolls and then it got reposted and um went viral in support of uh, of Taylor probably would have pissed them off even more. So that, that was the one positive to come out of it. <laughs> um, well, I guess kind of in keeping with that, do you have like a favorite shoot or a shot from last season? And if you wouldn't mind like kind of sharing a story behind it? Um, yeah, it, it's really tough. <laughs> I get this question a lot. What your favorite picture of all time or from a particular. <laughs> Sorry. Those... We are all just want to know. <laughs> yeah. Probably, I mean, the thing with photography and sports photography as well, there's so many genres of sports photography. There's action, there's emotion, there's celebration, there's you know, stuff off the field and that kind of stuff. But I guess if I think back to last season, um, yeah, I think my favourite action photo was that image of Bailey Smith flying through the air um, with his hair going everywhere. Uh, I just love that. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that photo, just the uniqueness of it. Um, you know, a flying hand pass is, is fairly common. Uh, you might get one or two during a match, but it's 
fairly easy to capture as a photographer because usually the play is side onto you, but to capture it with the player um, head on, um, giving it a, a really unique look, I guess sets it apart from other other action images from from this year. So um, yeah, it's just, it's just a very unique angle. Um, the separation from the ground to where Bailey is, the elevation, and obviously capped off by um, you know that flying hair just makes it a really unique composition and and something uh, just a, a very unique action photo. One that I was really happy to get. I, that's so funny. I mean, it's always the photo that I go back to. I, I mean, I look at it all the time, and I I've talked about it quite a bit, and I've shared it with everyone, especially anyone that's newly looking at the game where you know, Bazlanka is kind of horizontally over those players. Yeah. I mean, I want to say Noble and was it Jeremy House? Jeremy House, yeah, yeah, Jeremy House. Yeah, definitely. so he was like horizontal. That's such an amazing moment. And my other favorite capture, it's so much easier, obviously, not to be the photographer to say, um, is the Shea Bolton hanger uh, yeah. that he took. Yeah. Um, I love that one where his legs kind of kicked out and it's he's almost doing like a karate kick move in the sky, you yep. know, as he's grabbing that mark. And yeah, that that's up there as well for me. The, the Shea Bolton mark, um, obviously, you know, one of the the best aspects, one of the most spectacular aspects of AFL is the high mark. And yeah, that was probably one of the best ones I've seen in the flesh for years and years, if not, you know, top five kind of stuff. So. Um, yeah, and I was really fortunate to, to get a picture of it because I was at the other end of the ground. I was probably around 150 metres away, but um, in hindsight was probably the best angle on it given I was side on and it just really shows that reach and elevation that he got. So, yeah, I was just, I was just lucky to – well, happy I got a, a frame at the end of the day given the distance I was away from it. Wow. Yeah, speckies are probably just one of my favourite parts of the game yeah. because there's – you know, it's – that doesn't happen in any other sport, <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> really. It's the best part of our game, and um, yeah, it's they're spectacular. They make great images, and it's what sets our game apart from every other game in the world. I think. I absolutely think that. I know when I started watching the game, just seeing that there was just a. I've talked about it. It's like a brain bang moment where I'm not sure what's happening. You know, and none of the players are wearing protection. I was so concerned <laughs> for everyone. And when you see that live too, it's really crazy how high, you know, Ghani has been like the base for a lot of the flyers <laughs> this season. So to be able to see that, I mean, and when I show people the photos too, I mean, it's jaw dropping for anyone who is familiar or not with the sport, you know, yeah. I guess what's your favorite genre to photograph then? I know you kind of like touched on it, but I'm curious. Um, I think probably the emotional aspect of the game is what I enjoy the most. And I think they're the most powerful pictures. I think um, whether that's on the field or, or off the field. So, um, you know, there's been, I've been given some great access over the years to the inner sanctums of um, some clubs where I've been in a position to, to capture some really intimate moments um, between players and families and that kind of thing. But equally, the emotion on the field can be just as powerful. I think, um, you know, earlier this year, Jack Silvani uh, lost his grandfather, who was a Carlton player. Yeah. Um, a legend of the club and yeah I shot the match um, a few days after the funeral and it was full of emotion I, the first one the first goal Jack Silvani kicked he, he pointed to the heavens and I really liked that picture I, I got a nice angle on yeah. it um, it's really clean you, you can just see the emotion in his face pointing to his nonno up in heaven and 
and then after the game as well um you know there were there were tears being shed the emotion was really high and and um you know the images really tell that story so um yeah i think the, the emotional aspect of the game is is a big part of it and probably what i enjoy photographing the most I love that. Um, I was just actually lost in thought, like kind of picturing <laughs> some of your photos I'm reliving from the year. And yeah, I actually think that the players would appreciate it too, is what I was thinking, because, you know, they're not allowed to have their phones on game days. And I think that they probably appreciate having those moments just as much as the fans do, you know, because then they have like yeah. a capture for when they're in and of the moment too. So I think they probably love yeah. it as equally as we all do, you know, and just kind of appreciate having it marked in time, but also just, it's so hard to articulate like yeah. what no, totally. that I, means, you yeah, know? I, I quite often um, get messages from players um, saying, oh, thanks for capturing that. It means a lot to me. Usually it's, you know, those emotional kind of shots, either with families or, you know, with close teammates, that kind of thing. But yeah, quite often they'll, they'll say thank you either, you know, if I'm, chatting to them in person or they're very appreciative of what photographers bring to the game and like you said um photos mark a particular point in time they mark memories and and they're just such valuable things to look back on i guess um you know once especially once players careers are finished that they've always got photos to look back on you know particular moments and highs and lows and it just tells a story of players careers and yeah, it's uh, it's a privilege to be able to be in a position to take those images for them. Yeah, kind of like a living time capsule, I guess. Yeah. In a little, thankfully, a digital world, <laughs> so we can get those so quickly. Um, well, True. you recently actually judged the footy focus comp. Mm-hmm. Can I ask what makes a great capture, I guess, stand out to you from the average or the masses? Yeah, it's... Uh... It's a good question. It, it's kind of like an instinctive thing when you see a, a picture and it just works. So, you know, the, the winner of the Footy Focus Comp this year is a fantastic image of um, of a school schoolboy footballer with all his classmates behind him celebrating. Sorry, not celebrating. Making <laughs> um, a face. Kind of, yeah, they were, they were exacerbated by a, a shot on goal. Um, what made that particular image just stand out was probably the composition, but obviously the emotion in the faces behind the player and the player himself as well. So you kind of just, when you see an image and it just works, it's something instinctive in you that just says, yeah, that, that is just a great picture. Um, you know, I guess all the photographic elements have to be there as well. Like, you know, the, the exposure has to be correct and the white balance and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's hard to define what makes a great picture. I, I, I guess there's the whole, um, you know, if it's an action picture, you, you want, you know, a clean background, that kind of thing. You want sharpness. You, you want to see the player's face. If it's a picture celebrating emotion or, or something like that, um, you know, you, you want to see that real intensity in the, in the face of the, the subject. So, uh, it's different for each picture, but at the end of the day, it's just, there's an instinctive party that just knows if a picture works and, and the winner of the pretty focus comp this year had, had that. I love it. I really feel like, I mean, I'm not a photographer, but I guess if it makes you feel something, you know, when you see it, I think that's really kind of what gets me. Totally. Yeah. Um, and that, that kind of refers back to that instinct that I was talking about. It's, it's that human instinct of, 
just connecting with an image. It's hard to define. You can't really explain it. It's just an emotional connection that that your eyes communicate to your brain and it's just it's just photography that that's the power of a photo yeah absolute magic well I was gonna say I I hate to say you know a picture is worth a thousand words I don't love that saying but it you know it does make sense yeah but really your images just evoke this emotional aspect that I think keeps people discussing the game long after they can revisit those memories but it really embodies the spirit of the playing group and the teams and there's just as you know so much more to an image beyond the angle of the camera. But it's just been amazing to chat with you. Please tell everyone how they can find you on socials, Michael. Uh, absolutely, yeah. It's um, My handle is Michael C. Wilson with two L's in Wilson. Um, you can find me on Instagram and, and Twitter. and All my pictures get posted there. So, um, yeah, feel free to give me a follow. And um, thanks for having me, Rosanna. It's been great chatting to you. Like, like I said, it's uh, refreshing to hear a different perspective of how our game is um, portrayed overseas. I, I love chatting to um, people overseas about how they feel about our game and, and how they got into it. So it's been um, it's been great chatting to you as well. Thanks so much. Well, thanks really for being here and just letting us be a part of your world and kind of seeing things through your camera lens and perspective, or at least, you know, a microscopic part of it or a small part of it. But that's it for me, guys. Thanks for hanging with Michael. And if you guys know someone who might enjoy this pod, I hope you'll share it with them. But stay safe and healthy, guys. Check on your friends and neighbors. We'll get through this like we have with the footy season. I'm virtually hugging all of you and Michael too. And we'll talk footy soon.